Hello everyone and welcome to the Child of the Library podcast where we discover the words on our shelves and in our hearts. I hope you all had a lovely week and a great weekend and are able to start refreshed into the new one. I have to admit I didn't sleep super well at the beginning of this week because we had such a big thunderstorm at night here in the part of Germany where I live. And let me tell you, it was crazy. There was a ton of lightning bolts, it was pouring rain, and the wind was so strong. I kid you not, it has never been that strong here. Needless to say, because the weather wasn't super great during the day as well, last weekend was sort of a stay-in situation. So I used it to think about what podcast episode topic I could talk about next. And thankfully, there was one piece of jewelry in the box that I got sent by Anna Luisa that I did not yet talk about in my podcast. And that are their Dobby earrings. I will come back to them in a second, but I am pretty sure that any of you who have read the Harry Potter series will be familiar with the character Dobby and can understand why my mind went from that necklace's name to this episode's topic, which is hidden heroes. So basically, those side characters that do not appear too much in their books, but they play a vital role once or more to help the main character out of peril. And because, to be honest, we all love a great hidden hero, I wanted to honor them and give them a spot in the wall of fame here on my podcast, in partnership with Anna Luisa. I should probably warn you though, I will probably dive down into spoiler territory pretty quickly. So if you hear me talk about a book or a series that you still want to read, please skip that part. <laughs> I will write down the series names in my podcast description if you want to take a look up front. So let's kick it off with Dobby, the reason why we are all here. Our beloved house elf from the Harry Potter series. Now there are a few things to say about Dobby. <laughs> Even though he entered the series in maybe not the most likable way as he tried to hurt Harry and prevent him from returning to Hogwarts, in the end he only meant well. I mean, we did not quite understand his motives at the beginning, but once you find out why he did it, you're really have a lot of sympathy for him. It is actually quite cute to see how much he adores Harry after he has freed him from service from the Malfoys. And to be honest, he's not your usual Harry Potter is so cool type of adoration guy that some people in the wizarding world might have, but you really feel that rather deep-rooted thankfulness. And he really is a true ally to Harry who helps him on several occasions. I mean, the first one being that he warned him that the Malfoys are bad. Wow. Big news there. But he also helped him again during the Triwizard Tournament. He helped him to find the clues in retrieving the real locket of Voldemort and therefore finding the Horcrux who kicked off the Golden Trio's search in the seventh book. And lastly, which was like one of the most devastating things in my reading life because I was still like rather young when I read that part, his last and final sacrifice in book seven when he dies tragically in Harry's arms when he rescued them all from imprisonment in Malfoy Manor. I mean, come on, everyone was shocked at this. <laughs> you can't tell me otherwise. And I'm pretty sure some of us even shed a tear over that scene. 
This and probably the fact that Hedwig got killed really ended my childhood innocence when reading books. Dang it. But Dobby in himself is such a wonderful and supportive side character and so he definitely definitely deserves one of the places here in the so-called Hall of Fame for Hidden Heroes. Then the next character I want to talk about is maybe not so widely known because his name is Rick. And he is our main character Spencer's best and only childhood friend from the Skyward series by Brandon Sanderson. Now here's the deal. When you read a science fiction story about a pilot who helps defend humanity's planet against alien attacks, you tend to forget that there are other people around helping the main pilot character <laughs> because usually their deeds are so cool and heroic that everything else sort of gets blended out. But Brandon Sanderson inserts our main character's best friend Rick so masterfully in the story that you know that he can kick ass too in his own way. So Rick is not a normal friend who has been standing at the sidelines forever. He and Spencer didn't have friends growing up for each of their own reasons, but they have developed such a super strong friendship over the years. And luckily, from what I can tell from reading the first book, it also just stays a friendship and nothing more. And to be honest, I really like to see some good, solid friendships between boys and girls in books. Both of them study really hard, he even more so than she, and they both make it to flight school. And he even gets like the highest score ever on the test, so you know that he really has it. He's super smart, but he ultimately decides to not become a pilot, but rather a mechanic, because flying in itself is nothing for him really physically. So, but his mechanical work, on the other hand, is masterful. Like one of the prime examples from the first book is that he single-handedly restores an old spaceship that Spencer finds in a cavern in the earth only with his wits and a few tools that he's able to sneak from the mechanical compound. So he's a true support for Spencer. She can talk about everything with him really because he truly knows her best from all of these years of friendship and I really look forward to see how his support will hopefully grow throughout the next two books. Now the next character is not even technically a person and that is the Arrow of Dodona, which is our favorite speaking projectile from the Trials of Apollo series. Now here is a tragic deal, my friends. The Trials of Apollo series is part of the Percy Jackson universe, written by the master of young adult mythology stories, Rick Riordan. In this series, we follow the god Apollo, who has fallen from grace and is sent to Earth by his father Zeus in human form as a punishment. So now, because he's human, he needs to fight the battles that demigods usually need to fight. And for his big quest, he gets a special companion, the arrow of Dodona, which is an arrow that speaks to him in Elizabethan style. So whenever he talks, you feel like you fell into a Shakespeare play, which is actually pretty cool and gives such a nice twist to the storytelling. And what I really, really loved most is the bickering between him 
and Apollo because it's just superb. I love it when characters bicker in the series and I find it so entertaining. But he gives Apollo advice and hints in tight situations and when you're all alone it is nice to know that there is something probably that you can talk to at least to calm your nerves. So this arrow, because it's a special arrow, is only used in great peril and in the right moment. And that moment comes in the final battle when the arrow asks Apollo to finally use him on the big belly, as he feels it is like his destiny to be used in that fight. And rightly so, because his shot really seals the deal and Apollo wins. But because his big deed was done, unfortunately, the consciousness of the arrow vanishes and doesn't return towards the end of the series, even though, you know, there's like a slight glimmer that you hope that he might return, but he's not coming back. And oh, my heart, I really like that arrow. I will miss his Elizabethan Shakespeare style. That was so cool. And I really hope that Rick Riordan brings something of that sort back in any of his new books, because I just really, really love that new and fresh element in that story. And it really shows that it doesn't really need a person. It just needs something with a consciousness to sometimes give you that little extra nudge and help you along on your journey. Now, the next character, is not even really from a book, but he is from a manga series. And that is Shigure Soma, who is the dog Eto from the manga series Fruits Basket. Now I know Fruits Basket has had a lot of hype in the manga and anime realm recently. And my maid of honor and best friend has been yelling at me for the past months to watch the anime. But because between like reading and playing Nintendo Switch and watching series and films with my husband, there is not so much time to also throw in a lot of anime. So she shifted and gifted me the first bind up volume for my birthday because she knew I was gonna love it. And yes, I know that she and her fiance will have a huge grin on their faces when they listen to this episode that I adore this manga. I'm not through with the entire series yet. Who knows what is going to happen, but I assume the hype is there for a reason, so I'm very hopeful. But back to the character. <laughs> so this story follows a young girl who recently lost her parents and through circumstance <laughs> happens to find a place to stay in her classmate's home. But as it cannot be avoided when living together, she finds out the family's secret, which is that 13 of the members of this family are cursed by the spirits of the 12, so to say, zodiac animals and the cat spirit, who, if you are familiar with their tale, was hoodwinked and accidentally overslept when it was her time to shine and become part of the zodiac. So some people of this rather large family are cursed that they turn into their animal forms when they are touched by a member of the opposite sex. And yes, I know that this is uh, awfully inconvenient because this manga undoubtedly will get a love element at some point. <laughs> but I do not want to talk about like the three main characters, so to say. I want to talk about a side character called Shigore, who is actually the person who owns the house our main female character finds herself sheltered in. 
And I quite enjoy that because usually in a lot of manga, adults never play a role that is vital. <laughs> but he, in a sometimes subtle and sometimes not so subtle way, holds this household together with the two cursed teenage boys living under his roof who are constantly fighting, a teenage girl who recently lost her parents and needs nice people in her life, and another family secret resting on his shoulders. He, as he has dealt with the curse of being possessed by the spirit of the dog for longer than the two obvious love interests of our main character, is also sort of a guide and is there to provide context and meaning to so many things happening in the family to the reader. And to be honest, the house would have probably been turned on its head two days after our main character arrives if it weren't for his calming presence. So cheers to Shigure. Oh gosh, I love all of these characters. They are so much fun. But my list is not finished yet. We will have three more characters to go, but I told you that I wanted to come back to the Dobby earrings at some point, and that time is now. If you check out my personal link in the description of this podcast, which is shop.analuisa.com slash childoflibrary, you will see them in one of the top rows. They are this gorgeous set of gold hoops with a round green gemstone each. And to be honest, I feel like sometimes you wonder why products are called the way they are. But with them, I could instantly understand because these round shaped green gems reminded me so much of the description of Dobby's eyes when Harry sees them for the first time in a bush in his aunt and uncle's garden. They are really gorgeous. They are the only piece of jewelry I have that has a green accent color but they are perfect because their shade of green is so warm and flattering for every skin tone that even if that is not your usual color of choice, you can't go wrong. And because you can't go wrong, they would make an awesome gift for yourself or for your loved one. When you follow my personal link, you will find so many great pieces that would make a great gift with up to 40% off the original price. And you can also feel good about the gift you are giving because Ana Luisa is 100% carbon and water neutral, they use recycled metals, their gemstones are transparently sourced, and their quality is awesome as well. To be honest, when I'm absentmindedly thinking about something and I have the Dobby earrings on, I just like to rub over the stone and the gold because they feel so nice and smooth. I don't know, is that weird? <laughs> please tell me I'm not the only person who sometimes does that with their jewelry, please. So now coming on to our next set of three characters, starting off with Zully, who is the Imperial Court Night Skills teacher from the Girls of Paper and Fire series. Now in the Girls of Paper and Fire series, we follow a score of young women in this fantasy-inspired story, which also has elements from like the ancient Chinese Imperial Court. And it is custom there that every year a set of women from across all of the country are gathered in the imperial household in order to be the courtesans for the king. And of course, when you gather them from all over the country, just based on their beauty, it might be that they come from different classes. So when they enter the court of the king for the first time, they undergo a certain set of training. And because of their new job description, this also entails 
night skills. And Zelly is sort of the teacher for them. You see her character through the eyes of our main character, who is one of the courtesans. And she, on the one hand, helps the girls to find peace in a way in their new job. However, later on in the story, we also find out that Zelly plays a key role in a conspiracy against the king. And actually, in one of the last scenes of the first book, she uses a dagger to stab the king in the eye. So she apparently is not only good at night skills, but she can also kick ass if she wants to. Yeah, she's a totally different character from all of the others that I've talked about so far. But because at first you're introduced to her in like such a subtle way and you really think that she's just like a passing character, her coming back with such a big blow in the finale of the first book was really a surprise for me at least. And such a nice show that you should never underestimate a side character because he or she could very easily become a new hidden hero. In spot number six, we have Aiko, which is a true friend to the main characters, even though she is an android from the Luna Chronicles. So yes, Aiko is an artificial intelligence that can basically log into like android bodies, but also other elements, which I will come to in a second. But she has been the like family's android since forever. So our main character Cinder, when we get introduced to her in the first book, has of course been growing up with Aiko as a companion. And when Cinder decides to part ways with her adoptive family, Aiko accompanies her on her big quest. And what is awesome about Aiko is that she has that wonderful, like dark and sarcastic humor, which is sort of uncanny for an artificial intelligence, to be honest. But this really set her apart because she was not just like a machine that is helping out. Of course, she is super handy to have around because, for example, she can like become the spaceship that is taking Cinder around on her quest to find all of her companions, etc. And so they can basically talk to the ship and Aiko is answering, which is pretty cool in itself. But because Aiko has sometimes not the best understanding of humanity and what it means to be human. She sometimes asks questions and through these questions you really, you know, you get snapped out of your like humanness and you're like, yeah, why am I overthinking that so much? <laughs> and also with her like constant joking around, she really drives the story forward, not just because she makes it so funny, but also because she really gives you that extra push to think about what your next step could be. And then the last one on our list is a fate of a side character, especially for a female in certain times in history, that, yeah, starts somewhat stereotypical. Because Steris from the Mistborn series was at first just a pawn and then a loyal companion to our main characters. At first she was used by her father to basically be that nice girl from town that gets married off to our main character. Our male main character is sort of wild, so to say, <laughs> because he knows that from his great power comes great responsibility and he wants to help the people around his country and he's not yet 
willing to settle down even though he's reached like a certain age which just means that he's not like just out of his teens but he's like a grown man who has done this job for several years but his family because he comes from actually a pretty important political family in that Mistborn series they want him to become head of the family and like settle down and take care of all the affairs but deep down inside of him he knows that he has that responsibility and he really tries to become a part of that but on the other hand he also knows that what he really wants to do deep down is to like fight the bad guys in his country and to help everyone so he's in peril here and of course on the one hand because of his duty he also feels obligated towards Steris who has apparently been promised to him and vice versa so at first this companionship of theirs is just out of like pure political sense but when Steris accompanies him of one of his quests he actually realizes and she realizes too that she can be of help even though she does not have like special powers her wit really make her stand out and in one or two very tight situations she really helps to push the story forward and ultimately to help our main characters to win and so the view that you get of Steris really shifts from just being like a political pawn to an actual asset to that overall quest so also in the eyes of our main character his like adoration for her sort of comes into play and he really sees her as a very good companion now so their marriage really shifts from okay we really have to do that because of obligation to i'm pretty sure that we can work it out and it will be great even though we are not like madly in love at the beginning but just because you're not in love at the beginning does not mean that you cannot fall potentially in love which could happen in the next book but who knows because my man Brandon Sanderson has not published the next book in this series yet and I'm waiting for him to do so because I want to know what's happening next. Ah. Uh, guys, <laughs> don't you just feel so inspired to pick up more books after talking about such great secret heroes? They really spice up a story and it is nice to see when a main character is not just able to do everything on their own. It makes them so much more believable in my eyes. I hope you enjoyed this list and maybe got inspired to read a book or two if you haven't already. And don't mind a little spoiler, I warned you. <laughs> don't forget to check out my personal Ana Luisa link, which you will also find in the description as previously mentioned. And thank you so much to Ana Luisa for working with me again. Go check out the Dobby earrings on their website or on my Instagram at child of the library in my Anna Luisa highlight. They are so cute and spice up every outfit. And until next time, I hope that we discover the words on our shelves and in our hearts. Bye! Thank you.